This is a Lit Match production. Ooh, ah, that's hot. Intro time. It's intro time. In this episode, we talked about... My cousins. <laughs> <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. That's fine. Cue intro music. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chris and Sal Show. My name is Chris. My name is Sal. And we answer the questions of the universe so you don't have to. And we like to keep it that way. So don't you dare try not answer questions of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> the, universe, the universe police will stop you because you don't have a They'll license to do that. very mad. So, yes. <laughs> you need to have a registered license with the Department of the Universe. All right? Yes. This and is... you don't know how long it took us to get that, that registration. Oh, my God. Oh Waiting my online? God. Wow. Jesus Christ. And it's not just – it's not something that it's an email list. No, no. You have to physically stand online. So – Oh, first of all, you have to call them. You have to call them and make an appointment. And you know that there is a long queue, you know? And sometimes they're just like, do you want us to call you back? And you're like, <laughs> not going to call you back. They never call you back. No. No, no. Anyway. Enough about the Department of the Universe. They're yeah. they can know. I mean, they're the best kind of people. If they're listening. <laughs> we can go on and on about the Department of the Universe. Yeah. But uh, but let's get into the real, the real junk of it, you know? Let's just... Let's just hop, jump right in. You know? Let's just jump. Just Let's just drop jump. those pants. Just just hop in the <laughs> pool. You, you don't hop in the pool with pants. That's why I say that. No, no, Trust no. me. I've, I've done it and not a good experience. So how are you today? Today. So, on this glorious Saturday. On this glorious Saturday, I'm actually preparing for a crazy day tomorrow because I think today's a rest day for me that I need to get all my energy out because tomorrow... You just said it's your rest day and you're getting all your energy out. That's not resting. I oh, I guess you're right. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I'm just I'm just saying, you know, I don't mean to it's weird, tell you though. what you do. Yeah, yeah but... no, because it's weird when you say that, because when you say resting, right, it's because you're getting your energy in, right? Resting, you are taking yes, you are uh, um absorbing energy absorbing yeah. energy. No, no, no. That's not what resting is. When you <laughs> When you rest, you uh, you are not depleting your energy resources, so you're maintaining your energy. Right. right? So what is it that you're releasing then when you rest? You don't release. No, you definitely because because when you rest, you awake in more. You awaken refreshed. I want to say. Yes. You feel like this weight off your shoulder, which means you let go of something in that process. You see what I'm saying? I think there's less strain, so you're you're releasing the extraneous, if you will. That's what you're releasing, and so that's why you feel refreshed. Yes. Okay. That that's what I'm doing today. I'm releasing my strain <laughs> today. <laughs> a lot of lot of strain today. Hey, you gotta do it every once in a while. You know? At least twice a day. I'm heard by my doctor. <laughs> um, uh, well, that's good. Yeah, so that because tomorrow actually is a really good day where I'm having this uh, fellow over. Uh, I'm not sure if you know him. Goes by the name of Chris. Uh, is he is he uh, really cool and stuff? Nah, yeah, I think the listeners should vote on that. You know, no, they should. <laughs> I've, I've I've voted for them. <laughs> All right. Uh, I've I've heard. 
he's the kind of guy that uh if if you were to if you were to see him on the street right mm-hmm. he would depending on whether it was a sunny day he may or may not flash his like nip at you do you know me <laughs> <laughs> wait it's not you it's somebody else <laughs> oh okay because i know we had we had previously made a plan to hang out tomorrow oh right yeah no that, that just went out the window for this new oh, guy okay. named chris that could flash his now nip you're at hanging you, out yeah. with, with with chris the nip sh- exactly sharer. yeah no 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 but but in all seriousness um yeah, tomorrow uh, you are indeed coming over with my cousins. Yep. And we're planning a D&D day. Yeah, we're playing a little D&D. Yep. And before we get into this, because I know that D&D is the topic of today, or at least mostly. That's yep. kind of our, you know how we have a plan, but sometimes we don't go exactly according to plan. Yeah. So that's the plan. But I did want to stop and say that uh, I am on three cups of coffee, um, and I have energy see i am not releasing well i am releasing my energy right now because i just have so much because mary helen left to go on a trip and so this is like the first time that i'm i'm home alone and you know i made the normal amount of coffee this morning but i have extra because there's one less person so i'm just like well let me just take all this drink all this oh my god so now i'm packed and i'm punched and i actually prepared for this episode for the first time in a while i like wrote something up we'll get to that in a little bit but i'm very excited to share that but it's about D. wow i'm impressed i am very impressed yes you are the audience is also impressed. I'm not the only one alone here with you impressed, okay? Look, look at that. Do you see their face? That's impression. That's that's something, all right. <laughs> that's a beautiful face, if you ask me. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, so you, be, anyway. you be nice to our audience members. <laughs> Listen, we've built this dynamic. It's not good cop, bad cop. It's like loving audience and not loving us <laughs> no, no, it's, no 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 it's like secretly loving but like you can't show it all you know you can't show oh, all the cards okay so you know? you're hard loving them there you go <laughs> i'm did you say you said hard loving <laughs> that's a different kind of love <laughs> you're just loving them and i'm hard loving them <laughs> isn't that what it's called it's like it's a hard love uh, no love hate no I guess it's kind of love hate, but I don't give a lot of hate either. No, it, it would be like a, a harsh love. That's what it is. A heart, not yeah. a hard love, a harsh love. Yeah. A harsh love. Anyway, so D D with the cousins. Yes. Uh tomorrow. tomorrow. Now you've recently started playing D D, right? Well, what's your background with D D? I have And when we say D D, we we mean Dungeons and Dragons, for all those who don't know. It is not do not disturb. It is not donuts, not dice it is not it's not dragons and dungeons because that's a different game we're yeah, talking no, about no. dungeons and dragons yes that is what we mean by when we say D. so if you never played and and you'd never want to play get out uh we yeah, don't want you don't need to listen to this episode <laughs> no no in all seriousness i think this episode if it's not for you it's not for you that's great we still love you tune in next time for another episode but we respect that you know may just not be interesting it may just be filler talk that you're like oh my god i get it it's legal you're allowed to play get it um but yeah i I hope you do stick around though if you are interested or if you're kind of interested in what it might be and what it entails yeah so a bit about when i started playing yeah it was about the mere age of 
five or six. Really? That I continued to grow. Oh, okay. Into yeah. the fine age of twenty-five or so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and many years later, that is when I started playing Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, so it was just last year over quarantine. That, that was like that was like the Bible, like how like. Like, Jesus was born, and then all of a sudden, he's 30, and now he's doing things. <laughs> I I kind of wanted to see where you were going with that, where I'm like, how does it start with Genesis? And then go, like, <laughs> <laughs> Also like that, yeah. Oh, yeah, kind of, exactly, just like that. Um, But, so, it was just last year that I was with my cousins, Danny Boy and Nico, and let it be known that my cousins are uh, mere youngsters. They are yeah. uh, youngins, you know? Like, So uh, Danny Boy is 12, and Nico is in second grade. I love her. I love how I'm giving an age number and then a grade number, because then, yeah, you know, that works. That's, that works perfectly. Yeah. But uh, they're essentially six years apart, uh, just like me and Mikey. So they share that same similarity, uh, which is funny, because... A lot of the times I'll I'll relate to whatever Danny boy is going through. Um, but I think they get along really close to us, you know, just as cousins, even though there's a huge age gap between me and Nico, but mm-hmm. it still works out. We still, you know, I, I know that when you have a younger cousin like that, you have to be able to uh, have that love and patience because even though I feel like when you progress older and you're interacting with younger kids, a lot of the time you'll be like, oh, you're a kid, you're immature. But I think I yeah. have to find the second grade version of me that still exists somewhere inside me and be that person sometimes when I'm with him. I think what I mean, just from what I obviously I've never seen you all in a in a family situation, you know, but I've I've been with with you and your cousins before all at the same time. And I feel like you all have a very similar humor, which certainly helps. Or yeah. at least you can. You know, you and I have a pretty childish humor at yeah. some points, and so we can really tap into that. Exactly. It, it that's what's beautiful. It, it works out. So yeah. I, I think that's the thing that's always going to stay consistent. But uh, so I was with them uh, last year. We went out at some point to a mall to do holiday pictures. Yes. So it was around, mm. I think, Christmas time. And that is when we stumbled into this toy store. And we're like, oh, my God, toys. And, of course, they went to, like, the, I don't know, like, Nerf guns and stuff. And I was like, yeah, but you're going to get tired of that eventually. Like, I know it. Shoot your eye out, Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so we went further back to the board games. And I'm like, whoa, like, I haven't haven't played board games in a while, you know? And board games are really fun. They can be addicting. Um, I haven't, we haven't played that much either, but I mean, yeah. you know, recently you and I and, and our other friends, we got together and we played some board games and it was so nice to like see people and like interact in person. I will say we will have more of those coming up. So you expect to hear more on this podcast about live board game updates. That may be yeah. something that we can, uh, have a chat on, but mm-hmm. so that's when we were in the back of the toy store, we see the box D and D and we're like, Oh, ho what is this and it's a starter set and from there on we picked it up um opened it that same day started playing and it was a lot starting dnd definitely because as somebody who comes into it and i've asked you before like what is dnd how do you play and i've heard so many things about it but i never understood what the game really was like how do you play it is there mm-hmm. like limitation like where's the map where's the board right. And for 
everybody that's asking the same thing, like, how do you even go about this? I think a quick summary is just that it's a storytelling game. There is somebody called the Dungeon Master who is the storyteller who drives the story by narrating the actions that are taken, uh, the environment, uh, the enemies, what's happening, and you present that, let's say, storyline to the players. The players then each have a specific character that they can build, design, or there are character PDF sheets online, right? Like pre-made characters, yeah. That you can select from. And they already have all the stats, a backstory included to them, which is so much more helpful if you're a first-time player because uh, you're new to these things. You don't want to go through all the you know, time making a character uh, when you don't even know how to play yet. So uh, we had those character sheets. And with the starter set, you are included a narration as the dungeon master. And you read the narration to the players. And it also gives you all this information on enemy types, um you know how many hit points and attack points to defeat an enemy now that's the Mm -hmm. other thing is there there is i guess only one really important part to this game and that's your dice sets uh right which is your 20-sided die or your you know uh all all your different sided die your uh, but in dungeons and dragons you refer to them as d20s uh d for dice and uh d6s d4s uh, and it's really fun. So to anybody that's got made it this far in the podcast, uh, it can be a lot, but it's and it can be overwhelming, but it's doable. Just give it some patience. I think I think the the best part about it, besides you know the storytelling and the the improvisation that comes along with it, is like just accepting the game of chance that you play with your dice, right? Because the whole reason for the dice is to determine the success of a certain action, whether it be a spell or even just like trying to, uh, trying to get somebody to give you a piece of information. I wanna, I wanna try to uh, intimidate somebody or persuade them. Well, you roll a dice, and if you get a low roll, like a one or a two, then it it, it fails, and now you have to play out how it fails. So it's not like you just can. I mean, in essence, you can do whatever you want. But it's all a matter of does the world that we're in allow you to do that and how you go about that. If you fail, what's your next uh, attempt? How do you how do you try to go around that? So, I mean, I love the game. I haven't even been – I mean, I guess I kind of have been playing for a long time now because I've, I've been playing this one game uh, every couple of weeks for the past year. But, you know, it's it's a pandemic and a year, it feels like 20 years, but also feels like two months, you know? So it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't feel like I've been playing that long. But at the same time, I have experience playing role-playing games. And so the, the game is kind of second nature for me at this point, you know? Because all these games, uh, like World of Warcraft or, or, or a lot of role-playing games that are or on consoles skyrim. like um, skyrim borderlands like they they all have this basis i think in the old tabletop role-playing games like dungeons and dragons yeah yeah they're immersive and they really make you follow these storylines that are detailed uh and similarly mm-hmm. D ties that same thing what's beautiful about D too is that it's very open to the imagination it really makes you envision how you perceive these things you could uh, buy miniatures you know that's another topic you could very well uh, 
get uh, pictures or something visuals so that your players all see the mm-hmm. same thing. There are maps that you can uh, buy, but these are all just props to the scenery. You know, dice tower is another thing that like you can like you don't need it in your game. There's so many things that you don't need. I mean, you you don't even need a book besides the rule book to help you to help guide you to play the game. You don't even need a storybook in order to play this game. Yeah. Like everybody can play. You could essentially play for free if you have some sort of dice-like uh, item that'll give you some some chance yep. of results. And then people to talk and make up a story with. That's really all you need to play this kind of game. Yeah. Uh, furthermore, there's actually, and I found this out just the other day. I was talking to a friend. And apparently you can get paid to DM professionally really like people make a lot of money off of being a dm well it's kind of it's gotten back into the limelight i think you know over the past couple of years like it used to be a kind of nerdy thing yeah. you know com i think like once comic-con started getting bigger yeah and like nerd culture being normalized yeah when did that ha- when did it happen that nerd stuff became cool because I feel horrible for the people that were literally bullied and made fun of over these things back in like the 90s or the Mm -hmm. 80s, you know, like they had rough childhoods for truly enjoying this stuff. Yeah. And now that people enjoy it, it's like they're thriving upon it. But yeah, now there's like TV shows and and like YouTube series like just based on it. But my heart goes out to those for like we really do stand on the shoulders of them. If it, they mm-hmm. they crawled so that we could run, and I yeah. applaud that generation of suffering uh, for us, so that we can not be bullied and <laughs> do this yeah. stuff. So thank you. And I do want to say there's also you know we're I guess we're really focusing on Dungeons and Dragons because that's a particular game that uh, Sal knows best. But there are so many other tabletop role-playing games that you can play that aren't based in like the fantasy like very like lord of the rings kind of lore that that you you're used to when you think of dungeons and dragons sal and i recently played this game called mansions of madness which is an actual board game that you can purchase um that's based in call of cthulhu so that's all like mystery um and you know supernatural in that regard but more dark there's this other game that is oh my god oh my god there's so much to talk about here there's this other game that we that i've recently played with my friends called honey heist and that's like a totally other branch of tabletop role-playing games that are based in heists and you're all bears and you're trying to do this heist to get this amount of honey from these like humans and and this is a homebrew and that's a that's what i oh my god it at homebrew that's a big homebrew is a completely other dimension of this game yep so homebrew what is it do you brew stuff at home are you all of a sudden a a uh brewer is that what it's called a brewer Uh, (laughs) a a brewmaster maybe a brewmaster yes uh do you make beer now no no so what homebrew means is essentially rules that you make by yourself or rules that are personalized for your players and the game that you are playing in my opinion the more homebrew the funner and more lenient it is because then you know it can just keep going uh homebrew is subject to change it's all dependent on whoever is running the campaigns 
I think another important part of homebrew games is the fact that uh, now that you know role playing games have kind of built a foundation for for decades and decades. I mean, I don't really know the year that like these games started to come into existence but you know i want to say like 1950s 1960s i think these started to get maybe a little more popular you know don't quote me on that but since there's been a large amount of time that people have been playing these games and making their own games there are plenty of resources online of people creating their own games putting it on websites and then you can play those games so like people have built their own games and their own rules and uh, you can try theirs out. So maybe you like D&D and you want to be a dungeon master, but you don't know what game you want to play. You know, you want to do something different than what like the regular rule book says. You can just go online and find a story that somebody made on their own, fully decked out with all the, the, all the characters, all the enemies, all the different situations that can show up, the encounters. It's all set up for you and it's new and it's different. So that's another cool thing. I agree. I agree. And I think more people should be trying to experience this style of game playing. Um, this phenomena. What I like about it too is the the expansion upon your vocabulary. As a DM, which I, that's my role in the campaign, I haven't had the pleasure of experiencing it through a player perspective, but I very much do enjoy being a DM um, because I get to describe the environments to my players and the more articulated that the environment is, the better of an experience it is for them. And I will say it's very helpful for my cousin that is in second grade because he's learning a lot of big words that are far advanced for his age, um, even Daniel sometimes. Um, but I do enjoy this because as a kid, I feel like I, I wish I played it when I was younger because imagine you learning these words and how to use them in context better normalized in your early childhood so that when you're you know i feel like it could be the roots of being a writer or in, uh, studying yeah. english like that could give you a passion already mm -hmm. for playing D D, and that's crazy yeah because as a youngster half the time you don't like reading half the time you're like why do i want to give a damn about literature it's just uh you know wow stories books okay and this could be something that sparks your interest and gets you there to where you need so I will say it has its plus. It has advantages. So I think we've talked about Dungeons and Dragons enough, but let's talk about our own experiences with Dungeons and Dragons and why we like it. Um, do you have any funny situations that you can tell about, like you and your cousins playing? Oh man, give me the an example. Funny experiences. Okay, so one of the ones that come to mind is they were ex searching this hideout. Uh, which was in the basement of this mansion. And it was actually a red brand hideout. That's the name of this gang of, I guess, orcs and uh, people. Go sorry, it was goblins and people. Mm -hmm. It was kind of mixed uh, between the type of characters or enemies that they are. So they have these guards or who are humans and they have these goblins uh, that they have to face. And at one point, uh, Nico's character, who is a halfling rogue, which means he has great dexterity. Um, <laughs> he, at one point, uh, we give Nico uh, a kazoo. And he is somehow able to control, because he rolled 20s for all these things. 
Yeah, and that's the best it, when you roll a twenty, and that's like ultimate success, like uber success. Yes. So basically, twenty lets you have the best out overall outcome of the situation. Right. So as a DM, you have to dictate and say the best possible success of this outcome. So Nico's character plays a kazoo and trances all the rats to come out from the dungeon hideout in the style of a musical to Ratatouille, the TikTok musical. <laughs> and they're all coming out like, Remy the Ratatouille, the <laughs> You know? <laughs> I praise you, oh Ratatouille. May the world remember your day. <laughs> That's so beautiful. It, it's it's If you haven't seen the TikTok musical <laughs> Ratatouille, please check it out. I'm waiting for it to actually yeah. go on Broadway so I can like go and experience that because it's in the works. That, I'm pretty that's positive. gonna be beautiful. I cannot wait for that. It's gonna be a massive sellout. Um, also, huge applause to all the TikTok uh, creatives that gathered together to make that a thing. You know, somebody said, mm -hmm. "I'm gonna write mm -hmm. this song for this music," and everybody took to it like wildfire. You had choreographers, costume designers on it uh hair and makeup artists that were like oh it's yeah insane it's real community made work we'll, we'll definitely leave a link in the description for like finding bits of the or an article that gives you all yeah. the highlights of the tiktok musical that's what i was yeah. thinking yeah um but uh at the end of that musical number essentially the rats all explode <laughs> which is gruesome i know plot twist they explode only to reveal that they were poisonous acidic rats uh and that they um kill the goblins and that was funny because mikey and nico's characters uh were both knocked out because they just rolled ones yep, yep so so he essentially saved the day and it was funny but he then rolled a one uh on his next turn and funny enough he was asking for a spoon at that time like because he <laughs> wanted to eat some like yogurt or something i forget what, what he was eating in real world but because he asked for a spoon, I thought that he was asking for a spoon in the game. And I, I, he rolled a one. And then he, from now on, he has to carry around this comically large spoon. That's just a thing he has that is on his back at all times. And, th and now that's part of his and character. Now that, exactly. So from now on, he just always has a comically large spoon. That's great. In my current campaign, um, although I, I just started a new character, but, but previously, a, a couple of weeks ago... I was playing as a uh, a half elf um, wizard, and my backstory was that I am like I'm like an old man, but I was cursed. I opened this book, and the the book uh, transformed my character into a a toddler, like a like a <laughs> three or four year old toddler. Still with like I can still talk the same, you know, like I still nothing mentally has changed. You're a baby, but physically. Yeah, physically I am a baby, and so most of my gaming consisted of all my like uh, companion characters either like carrying me to places <laughs> or using me to uh, to like um, persuade people. You know, like oh, like I have this baby, like please help. You this know, this is so, literally the premise but, of Boss Baby. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, then I talk, and they're like, "What the? Why is the baby <laughs> talking?" I'm like, "Oh no!" Like after a while, you're like, "Oh, you don't get it." Like it's this whole backstory it's a thing, baby. you know. Recently, we actually solved the the situation, and I became like an actual elderly man. Oh, you're back to normal. That wasn't as fun. 
yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. But that wasn't as fun to play because that's like my main that's my main character arc. You know? uh, like now I'm I'm no longer I'm no longer a baby anymore. So, um, so what's that? So now I'm playing as a new character. Now I'm a I'm a multi classing uh, character, a half orc barbarian and bard. So he's like super strong, but also plays music to uh, to bolster his team. I like that. I yeah. I haven't tried multi classing yet, but for people that are tuning in. What is classing or what is multi-classing? So when you create a character, one, you choose the race, which is either, you know, like human, <laughs> half Black, or white. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's different in these games. You know, this is just like, it's not only where you come from, but it's your tribe. It's all the traditions that you bring wow. to your character. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? How like in D&D, does racism exist? And like, if so, there is, there is certainly racism because, oh, definitely orcs and goblins are hated. Yeah. They're just, they're given this bad. That's crazy. Wow. I mean, even, even elves, you know, we all have this idea of what an elf is, you know, the pointy ears, but there are different kinds of elves. Like there are high elves and it's just like what it sounds like. They're always stone high. (laughs) Some of the chillest, coolest elves you could chill with. They're like, they're like very elite you know, they think highly of themselves and really don't like a lot of other, even other elves. Yeah. Like they, they think they look down on other elves. So anyway, you pick a race, but you also pick your class. And that's basically your, almost like your occupation. Um, but it's it's how you um, basically how you handle a lot of situations. If you're a barbarian, you're very warrior like very combat heavy. If that's the kind of game you want to play or you can be a wizard you can do a lot of um attack spells from range you can do a lot of like spells that'll just like change the way the world is like you can like change water into wine i don't know why that's a jesus wow. reference but that, i don't know somebody why has that, been but... playing as the jesus character <laughs> okay <laughs> but um you know you can do i mean you can you can conjure elementals you know, and you can, or you can, um, make somebody, you can make, you can put, just put somebody to sleep. You know, you have this, all these different wide ranges of spells that you can do. So multi-classing, I think is maybe a new thing in terms of Dungeons and Dragons, but I mean, it's definitely the first time I'm doing it, uh, with this new character, but basically you're, you're you're doing two classes and you can make a whole background story for it but you start out as one class and you get like some of their perks and then you start doing a new class and so you're no you keep your old perks up to that certain level that you were at but now you're including a whole bunch of other things so now for the example of my character uh, a barbarian he is what my character started out as and so it's he has a lot of you know he has a lot of damage that he can do he has a lot of health but i've switched to a more support player as a bard so a bard basically you know they play music and that music uh encourages their team kind of gives them bonuses can also heal them and so the way I'm playing my character is he no longer fights, right? That's his background. He no longer fights. And so he has all this power, but he will not lay a finger on anybody. He actually heals people. And so that's a dynamic that I'm playing in the game that should be pretty interesting. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, uh, I yeah. was considering multi-classing as a Barb and a Karen. Um, <laughs> should, should be pretty interesting, too. <laughs> uh, I feel like you'll get a lot of hatred for that. Oh, uh, you could. You could. But, you know, it's, again, yeah. we do this for the interesting. To, the experience right. is what we're here for. Uh, 
a lot of exper you can do a lot of experimentation in these games you yeah. know like uh i know a lot of people who identify in real life identify as a woman but they're playing a a male character and that so you know that i mean what are the what are the complications with that you know that's pretty interesting wow yeah just kind of i mean i think it's similar to reading a book where you you're trying you're living out an experience as a different person it reminds me of the the black mirror episode which one the final ones has it been that long since we've seen whatever happened to black mirror actually you know it was a great show and then it is a, yeah gave us that finale that we didn't even know was a finale it kind of just said oh and here's another episode but did it even say like this is the final well, didn't episode it, like stop for a while and then it picked up again yeah and now... it, it released those three episodes the one with miley cyrus uh the one where the yeah. two guys are playing video games and in that yes the guy plays a female character fighting character You're right and they make love as fighting characters which as fighting was characters weird yeah. but okay it was still like interesting interesting because it bought up again the gender identity and how you feel and transitioning it gave room for that topic but yeah it's also where's the rest of this where are the more controversial topics that we need now today well maybe it'll come back you don't know i feel like given the recent amount of historic activities and events that have happened it has more than enough to script the next few episodes that it should have to. Definitely. It pr practically wrote itself. Huge thing. Huge thing. I feel like if Black Mirror does a huge episode on the whole, like, playing off the Seaspiracy or, you know, the Carbon Footprint thing, brilliant stuff. Mm -hmm. Br like, beautiful. They would definitely execute it well. Uh, but that's a conversation for another day that we can hop down that rabbit hole. Exactly. Um, but... Uh, Back to D and D. Well, I would like to um, bring it to the like the gamey part of our show, and like we ask a question, and it's fun, haha. -ha, except I, <laughs> he he, haha, -ha, ho ho, ha. Yes, he, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm changing it up a little bit. Oh. Instead of a would you rather, I actually made my own little game. Okay. Uh, based on something that I've I saw on the <laughs> I uh, saw this on the movie called Saw and uh, <laughs> no I, I I hear I the, uh, Justin McElroy from the from my brother my brother and me another podcast that I love wow. listening to uh, they he, he did a similar similar kind of game okay um, and so I was kind of inspired by that so basically uh, as you know Sal and maybe as many other people listening know there are a lot of spells in the world of dungeons and dragons all laid out in the player's handbook there are spells in other books as well if you know the companion books or homebrew things but i'm only focusing on the player's handbook and some of them are pretty weird you know some of them have some weird effects so what i did was i compiled some of these together however i also included a few spells of my own and I'm going to ask you, Sal, which one of these spells is the fake spell? Oh, it's the imposter. Okay, so, uh, and I did separate these into categories. So, um, let's start with this category. This is the movement category. You know, there are a lot of teleportation spells, but also just, like, general movement quickness. You know, moving into a different plane of existence. So... I'm going to give you the names of the spells, and I also have a brief description, um, and what I'll say is I took the descriptions, besides the one that I wrote, I took the descriptions from the player's handbook, I might have condensed it, or uh, I didn't include some things, just to make to just to make them you know, more compact, but also to not give away which one that I obviously wrote, okay? All right. Fire away. So, 
movement spells. We have rope trick, plane shift, flea form, and transport via plants. Which one is the fake one, right? Yes. But you can ask me the de the uh, the description of each spell. All right. Can I get the description of each spell? Which one would you like to know about first? Uh, give me them in order. Okay. So first we have rope trick. You touch a length of rope. One end of the rope then rises into the air until the whole rope hangs perpendicular to the ground. At the end of the rope, an invisible entrance opens to an extra dimensional space that lasts until the spell ends. So that's rope trick. Plane shift. You and up to eight willing creatures who link hands in a circle are transported to a different plane of existence. I like that one because you have to link hands. <laughs> Flea form. For duration, you and up to four willing creatures take the form of small insects and your jumps distance is doubled. If a beast with hair or fur is in range, you can jump and latch onto it. The beast must make a wisdom saving throw. On failure, the beast does not notice you. Then transport via plants. This spell creates a magical link between a large or larger inanimate plant within range and another plant at any distance on this same plane of existence. You must have seen or touched the destination plant at least once before. For the duration of the spell, any creature can step into the target plant and exit the destination plant. So it's like transportation between two plants. I want to say the plant or the flea. Okay. Hmm. I think the plant. Is the fake. Yes. That is a real spell no in Dungeons way. and Dragons. What? The fake was flea for. Ah, oh, I knew yep. it. Yep. Okay. The next one, the next category is ordinary spells. This is something I named myself because there's so many spells that like, like, oh, create food. Like, that's kind of like an ordinary thing. Or like, uh, conjure a flame, you know, like you can just get a torch, you know? So, <laughs> so some, that's, that's what I'm kind of basing these on. Okay, okay. The spells are suggestion, find the path, find traps, and find currency. Which one would you like to learn about first? I just want to say suggestion right off the bat, <laughs> but it's a fake, but uh, I'm willing to hear what it is. Okay, let me start with suggestion then. Yeah. You suggest a course of action and magically influence a creature you can see within range that can hear and understand you. Creatures that can't be charmed are immune to this effect, of course. The suggestion must be worded in such a manner as to make the course of action sound reasonable. Asking the creature to do something obviously hurtful ends the spell. So you can tell it to do something, but not something that will damage it. These are not the droids you are looking for. Yes, yes. Okay, the next one is Find the Path. This spell allows you to find the shortest, most direct physical route to a specific fixed location that you are familiar with and on the same plane of existence. So, like, if you have a map, you can kind right. of do a similar thing, yeah. Okay. Uh, find Traps is the next one. You sense the presence of any trap within range that is within line of sight. 
This spell merely reveals that the trap is present. You do not learn the location of each trap, but you do learn the general nature of danger posed by a trap you sense. So you know that there are uh, traps. You don't know what they are. You don't know where. You just know that there are. There, but there may be a trap there. Okay? And then okay. the last one is find currency. This spell gives you advantage on perception checks when looking for silver and gold pieces within range. Even if the pieces are behind barriers and cannot be seen, you can see a twinkle or make a good guess where such coins may be. I'm going to go with, and hear me out, it's suggestion. If not that one, then it's definitely the third one. Fine traps? Yeah. Neither are the fake. What? Suggestion and fine traps are both real spells. I'm glad I'm doing so well. Yeah, fine no, currency I'm... is the fake spell. You really? Cannot... Yeah, there's I... no spell that helps you find money to find I change. I thought that one. See, now that, I, I feel like that would be a homebrew one that I would allow because... I it is like kind of good, right? After I wrote it, so I'm like, many, hey. yeah. There's so many gold pieces that the players either don't find or, you know, they don't bother to, like, go into a room to search for. Yeah, you go, so, you're going yeah. into a store. You don't have enough money, but you just need, yeah. like, a few more gold pieces. Exactly. Hey, there's a gold piece right under that desk. Boom. I think that'd be good. Okay, last one. Last category, rather. All right. Uh, Let's do it. This is, these are named spells. Uh, this might be a little bit more particular if you've, like, worked with a lot of spells or you've looked through the handbook uh but um there's like a lot of spells that are named after famous wizards you know i think uh one of them that i don't have here is tensor's floating disc so it's like oh, a spell yes. named after that okay so that's this kind of category of spell so we have uh palvin's omnipresent stench tasha's hideous laughter otto's irresistible dance and Ataluk's Resilient Sphere. Okay, those are your four spells. It's the spells. first one. You, you, is the fake one? Yeah. Do you want me to read that one first? Yeah, sure, but I know, I I think I, I'm like 90% sure it's a fake one. Okay, so Palvin's Omnipresent Stench. <laughs> <laughs> Choose one creature that you can see or have seen within the past 10 minutes. When cast... Only this creature smells a horrid odor that emanates from their nostrils and cannot be avoided. For the duration, this creature must make a constitution saving throw before any action. On failure, they will be crippled by disgust. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. So then we have Tasha's Hideous Laughter. A creature of your choice that you can see within range perceives everything as hilariously funny and falls into a fit of laughter if this spell affects it. The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or fall prone, becoming incapacitated and unable to stand up for the duration. A creature with an intelligence score of four or less isn't affected, I guess, because they won't really get the jokes, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Otto's Irresistible Dance. Choose one creature that you can see within range. The target becomes uh, begins a comic dance in place, shuffling, tapping its feet, etc. for the duration. Creatures that can't be charmed are immune to this spell. Disadvantage on dexterity saving throws and attack rolls. Okay? And the last one is Adaluk's Resilient Sphere. A sphere of shimmering force encloses a creature or object within range. An unwilling creature must make a dexterity saving throw. On a failed save, the creature is enclosed for the duration. Nothing can pass through the barrier in or out, but the creature can uh, still breathe inside the sphere. 
Okay, so which one is the fake? Palvin's, for sure. Palvin's omnipresent stench? Yes. You are correct. Yes! I will 100% say it is because of the name. <laughs> What's your name? Al Palvin. <laughs> Damn it! I had that same thought, but I'm like, no. See, Damn if you had it. said Alvin, I would have been like, ooh... I'm not sure, but because so, it was Palvin. But omnipresent stench didn't give you give it away. No, I would not. Like literally, if it had been a different name, like uh, King Thaiwans or I don't know, some strange like Thaiwan. that. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. That was a good one though. It I was, was really proud of that. I was actually pretty proud of myself. Yeah. Like you can't escape the smell. Yeah, that that was that was good. Um, I had a uh, a character once. I was playing a cleric um a, a a dwarf cleric and his name was gramantha <laughs> <laughs> i love names like that yeah that's another really funny aspect of playing these role-playing games is the whole meta side of the game like you're playing this game but you're also real people playing a game and so a joke that is completely like Something that characters won't get inside the game, you as a person with other people will get the joke. And so there's this whole level of, you know, things being funny or even things that you as a person are aware of, but your character isn't aware of. And how do you play that? So interesting. It is. It is very interesting. Reminds me of a... Yesterday I was having a conversation with a few friends and we came upon the subject of names. And funny enough, uh, somebody was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to name my kid this and that. It reminded me of the the conversation reminded me of this Tumblr post. that was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to name my daughter Liz. So that people ask her, like, oh, is your name short for Elizabeth or like, you know, uh, Lizzie? And it's like, nope, short for lizard. <laughs> <laughs> and I just feel like that needs more attention. So Lizard Delgado. Lizard Delgado. Beautiful. What a beautiful name. Um, yeah. So Named after the saint, of course, Saint Lizard. Saint Lizard of, yes. of Lizard Town. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think I think that just about wraps us up for this episode. Yeah, I hope this episode was interesting. I hope you got something from this. Yeah. If you ever want to play D D with us, let us know. I think this was an ed- educational episode for you fine folk. Yes. Uh Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Salon, Mother Chrissers? No. um, (laughs) Oh, yeah, we have to Uh, thank people and shit. So we'd like to thank people and shit. Um, (laughs) Thank you, Basement Alien, for the artwork. Thank you to Litmatch for the work and uploading and for putting up with our incompetence. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or our very much competence. Uh, (laughs) Thank you to uh, the audience again for tuning into another episode. I love you. Chris harshly loves you. Harshly. 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 Just harshly, you know. Uh, But I'm sure you guys can work on that. You and him need to maybe go on a brunch date. Have some mimosas. Unlimited mimosas, you know. I think we're going to have to go on a campaign to really Go on a campaign, you know. Sleep in the tents under the stars. You really bond out there, you know. Nice. Go, go on this. Let me DM both of you guys, okay? Yeah. We'll find ourselves in the middle of combat, and we'll learn to trust each other. Yeah. And we'll have we'll share an experience that Just nobody else has had. Beautiful, beautiful moments, okay? Yeah. But, of course, be sure to DM him first. 
uh, to let him know that you want that beautiful experience. Or if not, right. then you're just going to have to simply accept the fact that it's a harsh love. And, and when you say DM, this time you mean direct message. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. I am the dungeon master in this case. Uh, you are yeah. the DM, and you want them to DM me. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That makes there sense. That, that's, that's perfect. Couldn't have said it better myself, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, thank you guys again for tuning in. Thank you very much. And salon, Mother Christmas. <laughs>